Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, John Duke. And John, we predicted an undefeated week, and had we recorded at our normal time, we would have been able to say that we were right, right? Or no, you predicted an undefeated week, and uh, I, I stayed in line or in character just so that we didn't reverse you know, any of the mojo that we had going with uh, our bipolar uh, Celtic Stuff Live personalities. So um, then we then we run into Denver, which obviously the better team uh, this season, one-on-one against the Celtics. We'll talk more about that, but I think we really want to kick it off with Isaiah Thomas. Nice tribute. They even mentioned his sister and, and just the warrior's heart he had and getting through that time in the uh, Jumbotron and, and really just the fans acknowledging him with enormous applause. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Isaiah has a huge, there's a huge piece in Celtics fans heart for Isaiah Thomas, you know, and I think there was, when we, when he was here, there were always questions. There were always, even, even the, his, his biggest fans were, Saying, you know, can they get far enough with a guy who's five nine? You know, but I think in retrospect, this season really puts into focus how great he was, what he did, how historically unbelievable, um, statistically, what his what his impact was here in Boston. And then never mind that he set the stage for everything. A lot of what has happened here happened because of Isaiah Thomas. Without Isaiah Thomas, there is no Al Horford, there is no Gordon Hayward. Um you know, there's really no Kyrie Irving <laughs> in a very direct way uh, without Isaiah Thomas. So take that, but also the way that he played and the way the teams played with him, these Celtics teams in 15, 16, 17, they played with a heart and a, and a passion that and a, and a level of execution, frankly, that this team could learn a lot from. And I think perhaps that may be that kind of wistfulness that we have over those those last few seasons, he he really instilled that and amplified that. And so you see a game like tonight's against the Denver Nuggets, you can just it really brings to mind how great Isaiah's time was here in Boston and what he stood for. 
And it's just hard to see. Hard to, hard to, as a Celtics fan, it's hard to see this team with so much potential, but they've been unable to scratch it. Isaiah, five foot nothing and what he was able to put together. Yeah. I mean, just that champion's heart that he has and he's an inspirational leader for his teammates. It's so sad not to see him playing at just the same high level, you know, just everything that happened to him that year and, and, uh, you know, everything he's had to go through since. It just seemed like that playoff run was the beat, you know, that was the last of it, right? And, and since then, you know, he's just had a really tough go and it all kicked off then. I, you know, for any human being, I think it would be really tough not to be bitter, but yet he just kind of keeps going on and he keeps fighting and he, it's pretty amazing. I, and that's the champion or that warrior's heart that he's had the entire time he was here, you know, the underdog. You know, what might take just about anybody else in the world down, you know, really just a complete precipitous drop off of his career, dealing with injuries, dealing with the loss of his sister, you know, those things pile up and yet, you know, he's still out there and he's still going at it and uh, living every day. And, and you just, man, you just can't teach that. You can't, you're just, it's something that's just bred into your personality and you're right. That attitude is definitely lacking on this team. And I don't know if the execution was necessarily led by Isaiah in those years, you know, like you talked about. Right. But there's just an attitude. And that's the attitude. We don't like the attitude of the team this year, right? Just in general, nobody likes their attitude. And yet everybody loves Isaiah's attitude. He had the right kind of attitude. And he would say things that a lot of people – would probably criticize Kyrie for saying, you know, Isaiah was a vocal, vocal person in the locker room and he called it like it was, but yet for some reason, because of his attitude, it resonated better. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, I, 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 Kyrie Irving has been absolutely killed for saying, ask me July 1st. You know, Isaiah said, back up the Brinks. Bring out the Brinks truck. Exactly. Now, you know, of course, the the inference from Isaiah is, you know, I want to stay here, give me more money, and that doesn't hurt anybody. You know, <laughs> whereas Kyrie, there's an inference that he's he's leaving in in saying, "Ask me July 1st. But I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is, I don't think this is as much about Kyrie versus Isaiah. You know, the, I think the natural kind of. Uh, idea. It will be tomorrow morning. Like when yeah. the media gets, gets a hold of Isaiah and everything else, they'll be, these comparisons will be made. You and I haven't had a chance to read them yet. As people are listening to this episode, they'll be reading it and you can, you can bet your lucky stars that that are not lucky stars. You, you can bet for sure, for certain. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just straight love up, it. I'm tired. But you can bet on it. It's going to be rough in the morning. Like when they start yeah. making that comparison, this inconsistent season and and the attitude. It's what it all boils down to. And yet they killed him when he made the Brings Truck comments too. Oh, by the way, you know, it's just that Isaiah wasn't the center of the NBA universe. Where that's Kyrie a lot to do. Clearly it. is. You know, and 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 that's the other thing. A lot of the comments and a lot of the complaints about Kyrie, they've been absolutely, they've been some local, but it's a lot of been no, national. It's been national, you know, national people talking about, you know, him going to LA. It's national people talking about him going to New York. 
that stuff's been a national story. And there's obviously there's consternation. There's Twitter is upset, you know, all that stuff. But to me, there, among real Celtics fans, nobody's really making that comparison and saying this and that. I think there's a wistfulness, uh, a, a a lament that this team isn't as much fun because of their constant head scratching, their maddening play. I want to get into Marcus Morris for about 20 minutes here in a bit, but you know, I think that that's the results of the Isaiah teams overachieving uh, nature of that team. Those teams that Isaiah led, you know, this team has talent, has ability, has potential to be so much more than it has. And you know, it, Time and time again, they just fall short. Denver's a good team. I mean, they're, they're a really good club. But if this Celtics club is what I think it was going back in October and September, as you and I talked about, Celtics should have won this game. Should have won this game by 15, 20 points, you know? Uh, maybe, well, maybe not 20 points, but 50, 10 to 15 points. Solidly better than this team. Yeah, at For, home especially. Right. I mean, maybe not on the road on one of those road trips, but definitely at home. Right. And so you come out and Jokic is good and he picks you apart, but you know, that kind of end of the third quarter. And the interior good. defense too. Like he definitely blocked some shots, uh, in this yeah. game and really impacted their ability to get to the paint when, you know, when you're trying to close out a game, which they really, um, they really weren't in a position. They were just trying to climb back in it and maybe try to get one shot at it at the end and did not. But, you know, even as things are collapsing at the end of the third quarter, just, you know, a little bit of that take it to the rim would have, would have been hugely helpful. And, yeah. and Tatum was missing some three pointers at some crucial moments as that lead was dwindling that, you know, he got a couple of shots, a couple of cracks at it. And if those had gone down, who knows if that might have just stemmed it a little bit so that they could gather themselves, you know, heading into the fourth quarter, but they're so, Again, back to the attitude and before we skip off Isaiah, but this team, just to final put the pin in the contrasting those two different teams, this team is so used to things going wrong that when it starts to go wrong, they let it go wrong. They just watch it happen in front of their faces. And that's really such an odd thing to watch, but this self-fulfilling negative prophecy (laughs) – uh, that this team seems to be playing into. And again, all attitude. That's, that's just tough to watch and you can see it happening when it happens. But all right. So I think that will lead us to Marcus Morris in just a second. But first you can follow Celtics stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore do- <laughs> at that CSL too. underscore tweet live, as well as your host at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media, facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS media in your app marketplace. And finally, youtube.com slash CLNS media for high definition, full length locker room interviews, the garden report, the round table and Celtic stuff live. So John, I know you're, you're upset with Marcus. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this all the way back to the beginning of the season when you said that Aaron Baines should be starting. And, you know, if you pull Marcus Smart out of that starting lineup and you're gonna, you're gonna start telling everybody why you're upset. But if you pull Marcus out of that lineup, 
it, it really does force Baines into it, right? Because he's kind of playing that four position. It, it would would you go? I mean, Jalen Brown's a guy you think has earned it, but does that quite work in the in the situation the way you want it to? Yeah, I mean, I I, I still think it's situational, probably. I mean, for example, against Philly, I think absolutely it's Baines and Horford to start there, and 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 you run with there. Um, I, I just I, I the reason why you put Baines in for Morris is because of defense and rebounding, right? I mean, that's that's what you're saying. That's what you're getting from Marcus Morris, and you're not getting from somebody who – fill in the blank name of somebody, either somebody who's already in the lineup or somebody who well, isn't and just in the general size, too. Just general size versus athleticism. Again, you know, we talked about this several weeks ago about the up-tempo versus the half-court, and whoever is going to be out there with Kyrie is, is going to kind of be a little bit more used to the half-court. So in that case, you go a little bit more traditional with Baines. Yeah, well, and it's right, and you're and you're allowing Horford to kind of go into that power forward role, and you get Tatum, or you know, Tatum is really less so, you know, responsible. I mean, ideally, it wouldn't be Baines. Ideally, you'd go back to the starting lineup that you wanted to start the season. Ideally, it's it's um, you know, Horford, Tatum, Brown, Hayward, and and Kyrie. Ideally, that's what happens, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think for one, Smart has played himself into a, a good position. I, I was just going to say the other Marcus deserves his slot right now. I mean, yeah. even as this game was fettering away from them, he dove onto the floor, made a really aggressive defensive play and missed the ball or didn't hold on to it and went right back at it while he was on the ground. I mean, th- those kinds of plays and the fact that he's hitting three pointers and consistently, I mean, we're deep enough into the season now where we can say that shot's starting to fall. So, uh, or we can maybe count on it long term or more long term. So got to take your hat off to Marcus. He's earned it. He's played great. He's been, you know, both sides of the ball. And, and yeah, there's, you know, tonight he, he didn't shoot the ball all that well, uh, 0 for 3 from 3, uh, but he's still shot 45% from the field. You know, he's 5 for 11, 10 points, you know, four rebounds, three assists. I mean, that, two steals like uh, you know what are you expecting out of uh, your fifth option out there you know i don't think you're if you get him shooting 45 percent and he and he gets 10 points and four rebounds four and three assists that's that's fine you know i think when you lose something from tatum and he shoots three for 12 uh you know and and you know Kyrie, at, you know start off one for nine finished quite well but start off one for nine that puts you in a bad spot, but here's, here's where you, here's your problem. 35 minutes for Marcus Morris, 19 minutes for Jalen Brown, right? 17 minutes for Aaron Baines, 20 minutes for Terry Rozier, who didn't also didn't shoot all that great one for six from three. But like, again, 19 minutes for Jalen Brown, who made mistakes, didn't have a, his greatest game. Uh, I wouldn't say he was a world beater out there a minus four in the minutes that he was out there, but is, is, Marcus Morris almost twice as valuable valuable as Jalen Brown is in terms of his time on the court. Not lately, not I, lately. No, at not the beginning remotely. of the season, at the beginning right. of the season, it was a no brainer. I mean, well, he right. manufactured offense, especially off the second unit. He earned his way into that starting lineup. They needed somebody who had a little bit more of a veteran savvy to kind of stabilize things. They needed the toughness, but I think the way Jalen's played lately, he's earned his way there. The question is, will he really get his get the opportunity? 
I mean, even you look at the number of shots he had against Denver, he only took six shots in that game. And, and that's why I keep going back to that it's got to be more of an up-tempo, defensive, turnover-forcing kind of offense that just plays so much into what he does. And um, I, I'm not sure that he's going to fit in that more half-court-oriented offense that, that that starting lineup is, at least in terms of generating offense. Defensively, he'll be fine. He will be fine. And I think that that's that, – that's one thing. And honestly, it's not about starting. I, I don't even care so much about the who starts and who doesn't start. As you much just as want I, the minutes to spare. The minutes. To be more, the minutes need to, right. Yeah. The minutes need to work themselves out. And whoever starts doesn't start. If you want to say you start more, it's fine. I don't, that's whatever. But Jalen Brown needs to be playing 30 minutes for this team. Bottom line, period, end of story. He should not go to a game against the Denver friggin' Nuggets and have 19 minutes with the way he's played since January 1st. Since January 1st, so just, you know, we talked, I talked about this last time, right? Net rating wise, the worst, the worst net rating on the team since January 1st is Robert Williams, but he's only averaging seven and a half minutes. That, that, that's that, it. Trade him. That's, that's right. right. It's an outrage. The only <laughs> other negative net rating in that time is Marcus Morris. Everyone else is above zero. Everyone else is a positive player since January 1st. This isn't a small Ooh, sample size. That's We're, No, that's not. Right? Not only is it not a small sample size, it's the starting lineup. Like you can say you don't care if Jalen right. gets into the starting lineup, but anybody who's had that size uh, or that amount of that, – that performance level over that long of a time – there should have been a lineup change. I mean, I get it. Brad got it to work and, and that was gravy, but all right, we're going to talk about that in just a second. All right. Because I think we need to leap off. We kind of finished the Marcus Morris piece of this, but we, we probably do need to talk more about the Jalen piece of it and the starting lineup. But first losing sucks. <laughs> losing your hair sucks. You don't realize how much you care about it until you notice that you're starting to lose it. That's why you should use Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair that you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes and just $1 a day, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. Sign up takes less than five minutes. All you do is answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. Then a licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you, and it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. Some of you have probably tried them before but you've probably never gotten them for this price. That's right. Keeps is only 10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month for free. One hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash stuff. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash stuff. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash stuff. Keeps. Hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, John. So let's talk about the, let's talk about the Jalen Brown and the starting lineup piece of this just a little bit more. I mean, I kind of know that I teed it up with Aaron Baines, but the only negative has been Marcus Morris. And maybe you want to complete that thought a little bit, but you know, I think the biggest thing that, that you're struggling with is he's just not in the flow. He's that hot dog that we saw. 
that we needed at the beginning of the season that we don't need now. So, you know, definitely we need an unselfish player in that starting lineup. Well, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't even see, I mean, again, it's not so much about the, the star as much as it's, it's the entire frame of, of who's getting minutes and who isn't and key sections of the game turning to Mark. But you Morris. can't have the only guy that's in a negative for that amount of time in the starting right. lineup. Well, I mean, I agree. I hear what you're saying about the minutes and all that. And I agree yeah. to an extent, but you know, at that point, maybe you do play Hayward at the four and just see what you get. Yeah. I mean, then you end up with Morris and Rozier together. I mean, that's Morris, Rozier and Brown together. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not even worried about Brown at this point as, as not being um, able to do, I think, he's no, I just mean, out. I think he, I think he becomes less involved in that scenario is my point. If the Possibly. offense, if the Possibly. offense becomes yeah. more disjointed with Morris on the bench, that, yep. that could make it even harder on Brown. Well, I, but less so about role than a, less so about where someone's playing than about how much they're playing. You know, that's, I guess what I'm looking at as I'm saying, you know, I, I see in, in Marcus Morris, someone who's consistently making large errors, significantly large errors on this team. And I see the kids making large errors, Tatum, Brown, Rozier. I mean, probably more so than anyone. But this team is never going to be who it needs to be with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum taking a back seat to what Marcus Morris is doing. Admittedly, Tatum had as many, actually had more minutes tonight than Morris did, but Jalen had 19. Like this isn't going to work. There is no way this team is going to go far in this, in this, (laughs) in this season by, by that being the formula. You know, so yeah, if you want to start Morris and say, well, we need to have a little bit more size to start the game. Okay, fine. That's, that's understandable. But look at what we're, yeah, I mean, but what why we've not right go now. Baines in that? See, see, then that's where I go at the beginning of it. Why sure. not go Baines and, and let Horford play the four? At least that way you're not getting Horford all beat up defensively early on. Like if you want to finish the game that way, but that plays right into your your whole commentary at the very beginning of the season that I disagreed with. Right. But but taking a look at this now, you know, I and again, well, Baines hasn't been good lately, though. That that's part of the issue. Is yeah. Baines Baines hasn't played well since he came back from the foot. So I'm I'm not as bullish on the idea of Baines being in that position. But he played. I mean, he played all right uh, the other night. You know, against I thought. Well, no, not but this is about minutes distribution <laughs> again. Game. We're talking about the right. beginning of the game, not the end of the game. So, you know, defense, well, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we put Morris. Morris was in the closing lineup tonight. No, no, no. I'm know. talking about Baines. In the you, oh, oh, oh. if he starts sure. the game and you give give Horford that rest, that you because you know Horford's sure. not going to. I mean, Baines isn't going to finish the game, and Horford's going to slide back over to the center spot. You know, again, if you're going to take Morris out, maybe you stay with the size and you give Horford the break that he needs so that, especially down the stretch in the second half, he's not all beat up from playing defense through the first half. Or they get carved up defensively and then it's just a mess, right? Because they've definitely been, and I know a lot of it's more the pick and roll than it is interior defense, but just having some size there 
as a deterrent that even Morris can't provide. Like I'm all about Baines going out there and just being aggressive and using some fouls early to keep the other team on their heels. Uh, you want to throw Shemi Ojale and I'm, I'm game for it, to be honest with you. I mean, if you want to stay small and switchable, you know, I just, I have no faith. I have no faith in Marcus Morris. You know, I, I don't care how you get there at this point. I just, I need to see Marcus Morris's role under 20 minutes a game. You know, he needs to be short bursts of offense. And when he's got it going, you keep him in there as a hot hand, but he is not a reliable enough uh, piece of the puzzle to, to warrant the amount of minutes he's getting. Again, as the only net, net negative rated player on this team, aside from Robert Williams, who has gotten almost zero minutes, it's insane that he has this much influence on this team. And, I, you know, again, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he's not positive in the locker room. All that's great. But the Celtics are not going to be the Celtics against the Golden State Warriors with Marcus freaking Morris putting 36 minutes up. It's just not going to happen. And and to that point, too, you need Tatum to rebound well. You need Brown to rebound well. You need to have Terry Rozier rebound well. You need everybody. You know, if you're going to give that up in size, you got to get it back somewhere. You know, and you're right. I think Hayward, maybe that's a spot for him. He's been kind of bullied, I thought. Um, you know, against Harry Giles, he didn't do that well, but is that a typical matchup that you would see as a four man? Probably not. Not in today's game. How would you do against a guy like, you know, Millsap? Are they going to try to bully him in the post? Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, you look at the teams the Celtics would need to worry about, right? They worry about the, you know, obviously Milwaukee. You worry about, um, uh, you know, Indiana. And you worry about Philly. Philly, we know Baines is, you gotta do that, right? So Milwaukee, you can, you know, that's a, maybe another situation. Do you go Baines there? Do you go Morris? Do you go Tice? It's a tough matchup. Um, you know, Indiana, that's, that's a, that's a crapshoot because you got Thad Young in there. You probably could go with Hayward in that scenario. So I think it's matchup dependent, but I don't think Brad Stevens is making his lineups matchup dependent. It's throw Marcus out there and see what he does. And quite frankly, we've seen what he does since since January one, and it's a big. Isn't that crazy? Because we were talking earlier in the year about how we we really just couldn't even give that player up. Like, how are we going to re-sign yeah. him? We need him to come back. This is the I weirdest don't think we season. Were. I don't no, think you and I were. Yeah, we definitely talked no, about that. No, not no, we you said, and I. Yep, you and we, I. We didn't did. go down there. Yes, we did. We definitely did. But it was more, really yes, yes. Uh, but we were more or less thinking he was going to get paid because of the way that he was playing. So yeah. we we thought financially it wouldn't work out. But what a what a great you know what a great guy to have you know stick around off the bench type of deal if you could pay him. And but but yeah, I mean there were games that they couldn't win that he was winning for them. There was uh, there were serious offensive droughts, and you know his. Be, you know, just again, it's what frustrates you now because it's stagnating the ball movement and this team really needs to move the ball to be effective because they don't have a, a big uh, presence in the post. And, you know, they've got to attack from different angles and swing the ball around and lots of different, you know, but he's 
more of an ISO guy. And so he backs right. his way in and he goes up with the shot. But they needed that because they couldn't generate anything at the beginning of the year. Right. So, you know, even, even Marcus Smart wasn't draining his threes yet. He was maybe making the defensive plays, but you know, it was really more of the, the toughness that they put those two in that starting lineup. I, I think they would have preferred to keep Morris off the bench, uh, as a scorer to help prevent some of those droughts. But, um, once they realized they needed that offense on the, in the starting lineup too, he wound up making the switch. So it's very interesting how much this season just keeps changing opinions. You know, the more we talk about not having a presence inside and, you know, Baines or whoever, who's going to give us the size, but how do we stay switchable? The more, you know, moving some of these pieces for Anthony Davis seems more attractive, even though I've been down on that. I mean, I don't know what it is, but the roster construction is awkward. That's just the bottom line. And the players know it's awkward. Brad knows it's awkward. Danny knows it's awkward. And it's just making it awkward for us. And it's definitely hurting just their general attitude. Now, games against Sacramento and Atlanta, they obviously win, but those are games that they're supposed to win. And Sacramento was actually, you know, beating them up a little bit for, you know, a good portion of that game. And then Atlanta climbed back in and looked like they could possibly steal one. It is certainly, you know, might have. And then, you know, Denver's the only real talented team. That they play well. I, I guess I shouldn't say that about Sacramento. They've definitely no, pretty good. big uptick this year. Big sure. uptick, but but and even Atlanta's then, played well of late too. I, I mean, and they are. But Trey Young is, is was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, I'm not. Even, I didn't even think he was going to be that much fun. I mean, I know he right. lit it up, but wow, I really enjoyed watching him play that game. Even when he was getting frustrated, and they finally figured him out, and yeah. you know, Terry Rozier played some good defense and all that, but. When he got frustrated, he'd shoot it like Steph Curry land and knock it down. And I don't know why, but I just was – because I always thought he was going to be a little too undersized. And and maybe that is what happened in the Celtics game. You know, maybe they were able to bully him up a little bit. And, you know, not just size and height, size and physical stature. And maybe they were were able to make that work for them. But either way, dude, it's – those are two teams you still expect them to win and to beat and the Denver game was if we had predicted it, I definitely would have said it was a questionable one just because of where this team's at. Roster construction is awkward. It is, and it's not going to get better. And what? Well, I should. It's not going to get better between now and May and June, right? So we've got what we've got, and the weird thing is, is that seemingly you know apart from that that game against Milwaukee, well, I know. Excuse me, the game against. Uh, uh, it was Toronto, uh, where they got blown off the floor. Pretty much they've competed in every single one of these games against, against real competition. So we've got a game against Philly on Wednesday, two games against Indiana to, you know, to close out. And, you know, what's also kind of interesting is not to look too far ahead, but to me, this, this injury to Brogdon is a big friggin' deal because Brogdon is a guy we've always struggled with. And if, you feel pretty, you know, not good, but feel better about playing Milwaukee. He's a glue guy. He's a glue guy. Absolutely. And he's been a glue guy since he came in. What? He was second round, right? He wasn't undrafted. Second round guy. Yeah. Yeah. Second round. So you get past Indiana, you go up and, and he's out six to eight weeks with the torn plantar, uh, plantar fascia. You, maybe you you get, you know, you get kind of a, a, a hurt Milwaukee Bucks team. You knock them down. 
you know, then who knows? Maybe you figured some things out by then, you know? Um, I, I just, I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, maybe, maybe some things are turning their way. And actually Toronto, there's some, uh, some tests being done on, on Kyle Lowry's knee. So, you know, this worm can turn pretty fast. And, you know, as we entered the playoffs last year, remember, we were talking about, well, let's, you know, we've got to just do what we can. There's no expectations. There's no Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward. We'll see what happens. And of course, you know, they were, you know, this far away from making the finals. Yeah. Everything started coming together. That's that right. Right. So. Maybe that's it. But to your point about roster construction, you know, part of what made those early to tie it back to what we talked about early on, right? Is like part of what made those teams fun is that they had a lot of guys who understood their role. And if there is a, a consolidating trade for a major superstar, like say Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant or whomever, you know that those roster pieces, there will be some draft picks, but they're going to be filled with Veteran players who understand roles. And I think next year, and I've said this 500 times on the show, this team is going to look so much more different next year. And I think they're going to be much more together. People will be much more understanding of who they are and what they're doing. The unfortunate thing is there's so much talent here that this is going to be one of those teams we're going to look back on in three, four, five, six years and say, how couldn't they, why couldn't they pull it together? And I think the players themselves are going to be kicking themselves, saying, why couldn't we have gotten it together uh, when we had the chance? But it happens. You know, yep. it happens to all of them. Look that's, at OKC. Yep, that's how – yeah, exactly. Look at OKC and – oh, dude, it's brutal. All right, let's make our predictions and wrap this baby up. Um, <laughs> 76ers, Hornets, and Spurs. I just hate talking about them after a loss because it's just, it's just what it is. So seventy, we should have done this a day earlier. We would have been all two and zero. Seventy six, but you did make a good point. I will say one other thing, though. You're right; they did do a really good job of fighting uh, against these good teams. I mean, they just got beat in this one. They just got beat, but um, but they have fought a lot harder in the last few weeks. Even when they've lost, the effort's definitely been much more there. So 76ers on Wednesday, like you said, so they get um, get a night off, and that's the real big one. They need to make sure that they, you know, take Indiana and and seventy and uh, Philly as much as possible. Hornets on Saturday, Spurs on Sunday. So there's a little bit of a back to back going on there after two days off. Are you going three and oh? <laughs> so as we record this, the Spurs have won eight games in a row as we enter, um, this. So, and Philly has won five in a row, excuse me, four in a row. So the Celtics are going to a situation where they're playing two teams, two good teams, two playoff teams that are playing well. Um, but it's Philly. <laughs> It's Philly. So you, think, say, you think Philly's a bigger mess than we are right now? Okay. I think Philly, I think we are Philly's kryptonite. Now, Philly may come out with their hair on fire. They're playing well. Um, they beat, uh, you know, they've, they've, they're playing well of late. So this might be their, um, you know, this is, oh, we showed them, we beat them, we're ready to take them in the playoffs. Maybe that's a game the Celtics do rest Horford and just kind of, you know, 
not worry about it. I, you know, right now they're selling for two and a half games back of third place, uh, Philly in third place. I don't think they're going to get to third, you know, as we sit here with, uh, 11 games to go. It's tough to get three games and 11, but it's, it can happen. Um, I'm going to say they're going to go three and oh, but I, if they went two and one, I wouldn't be surprised. The loss I think is most likely to be the Spurs. Spurs always play the Celtics tough. They've just never really been able. Pop just plays well. He has his team going. I just remember Darius Bertans just hitting three after three after three, some sort of late Sunday afternoon game last spring. It's. I think I'm going to go three and zero. Oh, but if there's a loss, I think it's going to be the Spurs game, not the Philly game. I definitely think there's a loss. I think it's the Spurs game. I would have gone one and two. But yeah. be, but because they lost the Denver game, they just always seem to rebound a little bit. Yep. Um, especially so, I I think they do take the Seventy Sixers, and I think they take the Hornets, and then you know you've just got that. I, I think the Sunday game is a matinee, and you've got the whole back to back thing. Even if it is, uh, actually, I'm not sure if the Hornets game is at home. I should have checked. I was thinking it was a no, home. No, I think home. it's at. I think it's, it's at. All right, so it's a short flight, whatever. But still. Um, I can see that one, you know, just by Sunday, they're kind of meh. And like you said, the Spurs are hot. So uh, I am going to go two and one. You know, I would have been inclined to go one and two if they beat Denver, but they didn't. So anyway, we'll, we'll reconvene next week and see how we did post game with the Spurs. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias. Sammy! Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. And for my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole. And thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. So there's 11 games left. They've got what? 43 wins. Do you think they'll even crack 50 wins? Yeah, I think they'll be, I think they'll get there. You think they'll get to 50? Yeah, but that's it. 50. 50 flat. What did we say at the beginning of the year? 63. I did. I said 63. Yeah. I think I might have said 62. I don't even want to go back and listen. We were, we were close. I, 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 we think we were like a game off for each other. I thought. Yeah, I thought we were a game. No, I'm with you. I, I, that's in my brain. We were a game off. I just couldn't remember who was more optimistic. I think usually I it's me. Which right. Is, I, see, I was going to say the same thing. I think I went 62, and you went 63. I, last year, I think you went 54. I went 55. No, I went 54, and you went 53. 53 last year. 54. You were you were more optimistic last year. I was less optimistic. We oh no! Wait, they year. got fifty four. I did fifty five, and you did fifty three. Right, and they won fifty four. Right, they split the medal. Yeah, right. That's what it was. And I think the year before we were pretty close too. We predicted the same amount the year before. I think it was forty eight. Yep, yep. And they were forty nine or forty seven, something like that. No, they overachieved that year, didn't they? I think we came in low. Yeah, I think we came in low. Okay. Well, 
either way, <laughs> we came in way low <laughs> this year. <laughs> no, 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 no. They came in way low. Oh, yeah. We, we came in high. Yeah. Good point. Right, right, right. Oh, man. God. All right. Just get us to the postseason, for God's sakes. Yeah, I think it's going to be different. I really do. I think that Brogdon thing's huge. I really think it's big. I think that people, I mean, Bledsoe is important for them, but Brogdon, like when he, like he just, his offensive game is just, it fits really nicely and does some of that stuff that just, when Giannis is off the floor, he, he keeps things moving and gets some offense. Like I, I just don't. You know, maybe Miritich is a difference maker. I, I don't know, but I, I don't, I, I feel like our chances really do. I, I think those injuries help mitigate some of the concerns I have about the boss. We're almost, yeah, it's, it's almost exactly a month. We got to wrap this baby, but it, we got, it's only a month until the postseason. So. I know. So, so six to eight weeks, right? So if it's, oh six, yeah, that's first, that's round one. Maybe we should try to fall. Into the seven or eight seed as fast as possible. Uh, I don't think we could catch him early. But, but if we're he'll four, still five. be rusty. He'll still be rusty. If we're right, if we're four or five, right, then we're gonna play them. If, if the question is, can we get past Indiana? Which I think we can. We get past Indiana. We play Milwaukee. At least the first half of that series, he's out or close to it, right? So you got to get a lead, and then you try to close it in six. You know, if you if you could beat them in six. I think I think you feel like you accomplished something given all they went through this year. You know, I think if they get out of the first round, they should be happy. <laughs> How sad is that? You're probably well, right because they're in the four five. If they were in the top three, that'd be different. But because they're in the four five, you got to be happy if they get out of the first round. But with all these expectations, it no, it's disappointing that they're wearing. I get the feeling like they're going to walk away from the season. They're going to be like, we done screwed up on this one. And and, and some of these guys aren't going to even be in Boston next year, so it's not yeah. going to matter. No. You know, but no no and they're all going to be many of them will welcome a change of scenery as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 